Welcome. You are listening to Boundaries and Bridges, Navigating Conflict Without Giving In or Giving Up. I'm your host, Amy Armstrong, and I'm here along with featured guests, and our commitment to you is always unscripted, lively discussion with leaders who can help us understand and implement ways to navigate conflict. So today I'm very happy to welcome back my um, former client, dear friend, and a change leader in the world, Megan Melby Browning. Megan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, Megan, I value so much um, your insight, your wisdom, your thoughts, your humor, and you know, one topic that just comes up again and again when I talk to folks about conflict is it's just so upsetting, the things that are going on in the world that seem to be out of our control. Mm. Politics, wars, just hate speech, shootings. It's just so hard to see all this conflict around us and not let us you know, really get bitter and turn into someone that, that can't really celebrate the positives. I I have heard the same, Amy, and I just thought of a quote that um I, I heard years ago that kind of is, is coming to mind and it's um hope unfulfilled makes the soul grow weak. Mm. And I think sometimes we have so much hope for our world and we want peace and we want people to be kind and we want good things and that's not the reality. And if we keep having hope that things will change and be the way that we idealistically want them to be, then we will kind of, I think, be left feeling like that unfulfilled hope has has made our soul weak and, and frustrated. Sad. Sad, yeah. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times in my work, I'm working with people that feel absolutely helpless and powerless because something's broken in the system, something is unfair, they're doing everything that they know to do and still not getting the kind of results that they want. And I do, I see people a lot of times just kind of go flat, lose hope and really feel very, very helpless. And I'm just wondering if we can talk a little bit about, I like to talk about polarities sometimes, the, the fact that we can feel sad and desperate sometimes because we so deeply care and because things are not as they could be, yet there's still part of our day where we can be open to joy and cheerfulness and things that are pleasant and lovely. And I just, I really appreciate noticing in myself how I can have both and I can go back and forth between both. And a lot of times even feel two things at the same time. I can be very, very joyful about maybe a connection I have or maybe um, getting to see someone transform and make some breakthroughs and learn a lot about themselves that's really going to make a difference to their children. And then a minute later, I can feel very heavy and sad about um, especially the political divide these days. Absolutely. I think it's helpful, too, to think about what can we control and what can we not control? Because um, we ultimately, you know, 
and, and what can we influence? And if we're really honest with ourselves about those three questions, what can we control, what can we not control, and what can we influence, then it helps us know where to spend our energy. And if we're putting a lot of our energy towards something that we actually cannot directly control, then we're losing our power to um, all of our energy is going in that place and we have no energy to be with what we can control or what we might be able to influence. And so I think for me, when I start to feel like that and I'm completely consumed, um, like you said, kind of thinking about why am I feeling this way and, and processing it a little bit. And then it once I realize I can't directly control it, maybe thinking about can I influence it and what can mm -hmm. I control gives me my power and my um, my uh, my aliveness back. Hmm. As you were talking, Megan, I noticed, um, I'll call it aliveness in me, where the news every day about what's going on in Israel and Gaza just feels incredibly overwhelming, devastating. And I had an image pop up in my mind that while I can't control what the leaders are doing um, in those parts of the world, I definitely can control the conversations that I have with people and maybe even influence some of the ways people think, right? When we tend to be completely polarized, sometimes supporting people in a new way might help them open to maybe expanding a perspective. Um, that's just kind of what I'm picturing is that we can connect with people through our conversations in a way that feels less heavy, even if we can't control the actual war itself. Yes, yes. And I think when we enter, I, I think one of the things you talked about is that polarity is okay. Mm -hmm. And I think if we continue to have the conversations with people, I think when we start to make rules like we never talk about politics, we never talk about anything that could be controversial, we only talk about um, things, you know, the weather, sports, whatever. Um, those are uh, what uh, Daniel Laporte refers to as uh, like fast food conversations, we have <laughs> organic, homegrown, like slow cooked conversations because we don't want to get too deep. But if we can allow ourselves to be curious and to seek to understand the perspective of other people and maybe plant a little seed of a different way of processing mm -hmm. and thinking, and then just know that by engaging in those conversations, we've done our work and we have been able to maybe influence in ways that we may or may not ever understand. Mm -hmm. We showed up. And if we don't tie attachment to what that conversation will become or lead to, then I think that we have more ability than we ever realized to um, influence someone and, and to be influenced by what they're sharing and to at least find more common ground. So if we we don't have to agree with each other, but if we can be kind and hold space and hear people out, there's more power in that than people realize. And avoiding the conversation completely takes that opportunity off the table. I, I'm, I'm actually grinning because I had this, I'm gonna quote exactly my conversation with my husband this week. 
I had mentioned something that went on in um, Ohio politics this week that had, um, you know, had me feeling sad. And we, um, you know, I just shared with him that my heart was heavy. And then a few minutes later, he said, can we agree not to talk about politics? And I said, no. And I said, but I will agree to not fuss, which is my word for arguing. And I looked at him and I said, I want to hear your thoughts. And I absolutely commit to not arguing. And he literally, he, he kind of shook his head and laughed and said, you know, fair enough. So what he, you know, was saying really was let's not let this big political divide enter our home and divide us and create tension for our evening. And I'm thinking, deal, that's great. And I want to hear, he and I don't always align on politics. And I really do appreciate that there are other perspectives that I could learn to understand even if my mind has never changed. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying. Yeah, it's like people who um, read the um, opposite political parties' journals and because mm-hmm. they want to know what are they thinking. And I mm-hmm. think that there's power in that. There's power in knowing more than just your own perspective. And I think with um, people being so concerned about what is politically correct and not getting into conflict because maybe they don't have the skills to navigate that, um, then we're losing our power to create change because um, when we look at the emotions that go along the change curve from like um, unawareness to awareness to commitment to change, um, the emotions at the bottom of the change curve for any kind of a change are typically turbulent emotions, denial, shock, Mm -hmm. anger, frustration, anxiety, and that's normal. And so when we can accept that change of any sort is going to disrupt our emotions and that to get to the top um, of that change curve where we're um, really fully embracing the change, it's going to, to require us to wrestle with many different emotions and that's just normal. Wow. You're really normalizing for us that disrupted emotions don't have to be devastating. We can just recognize them for what they are and let it be without getting so attached that I have to feel completely calm or completely at ease all the time. That's good. And so, Megan, I know you are, like I am, committed to having sensible, rational conversations about differences. We're not here just to look for people that back up our point of view, but that's not always easy and it's not always common. A lot of people are not going to know how or want to engage and that's fine too. We just have to recognize that our commitment is to our behavior and our perspective and I hope at some point we can really lay out um, the steps for listeners about, you know, what it looks like to choose if you want to engage and how you can engage without treating that other person like in a very disrespectful way, right? We can't treat someone like an idiot and think that they're actually going to benefit from hearing our point of view. Absolutely. Um, Good. Thank you so much for being here. I know there's a lot more 
um, for us to talk about. And I look forward to having you back real soon. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.